Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, Justin. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, my name is Jamili Whitfield. I am a licensed clinical social worker in the state of New York. I am newly uh, part of this group where we released a co-authored book on healing. So I'm a, I could put author in my bio now. <laughs> um, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm an Afro-Latina. And my mission, you know, through my podcast and the work that I'm doing is to really help women find their inner beauty. Yes, I love it. So you wear multiple hats, it sounds like, right? As many women do. Um, And the most recent one, author, congratulations on that. So exciting. Thank you. Um, For you, you know, obviously, obviously, like there's always challenges that women face, right? But Mm -hmm. I feel like more and more that women are starting to face new challenges in today's society. Yes. and if and if that's something that you're seeing or recognizing, like what for you are you seeing women face that's maybe different than generations in the past or um, from from clients, you know, um, years ago to now? What would you say are some of the different ways that women are facing challenges now as opposed to before? Oh my goodness, yes. I think the first word that spiritually comes up for me is expectations. The expectations of women has grown exponentially. It's not only um, your expectations of going to school, having a degree, having a job, being married, having children, um, what what finances, where you are with your financial contributions, but also your external beauty, keeping up with your health, wellness, fitness, um, just so many things. And I am seeing so much added pressure that we're having that it's really creating a lot of anxious feelings and depressive feelings for women. It The story of I'm not good enough keeps coming up for a lot of the women that I work with. It's like, I'm not good enough for this. I'm not good enough for that. But I think if I, I dig deeper, as I was mentioning to you, you know, before we started uh, recording, I was part of this group yesterday and we were talking about race, race equity um, and implicit biases. And it was interesting because my sister-in-law was part of the group and I never knew some of the imposter syndromes that she's experienced. And, you know, she she works at a prominent uh, university. She is a lawyer. She had gone to the best of the schools and to hear her say some of these things, it struck a chord with me, even up until today, where I wanted to text her like, hey, sissy, just checking in on you, because some of the things that she's experiencing, and this is a woman that you see three children in the best schools, married, an attorney working for like this prominent elite school, and here she has feeling imposter syndrome, feeling that anxiety, feeling not good enough around her coworkers, around other professors or around other attorneys, that sat with me. And that's something that I'm seeing more and more and more. Yeah, I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head there because it really rings true as far as expectation. And it's like there's more things being put on the plate, but nothing is being taken off, you know? (laughs) Yes. So so the the plate just keeps getting more and more full with with more hats that we're wearing, right? So um, we're now also just women. We're individuals, but we're also maybe partners. We're wives. We're moms. We're entrepreneurs. We're, you Mm -hmm. know, just all we're friends. We're family members. We're all of 
these things and more uh, more stuff gets put onto the plate and maybe not many things are getting taken off. And so the pressure and the weight of that just continues to increase. And I love that you mentioned, um, you know, that it, this happens to everybody. And, and sometimes it actually happens more so as far as expectation and imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. the more that you, um, you know, quote unquote, like move up. So the more success you acquire, the more accomplished you become, the more you question yourself and doubt your abilities and, and these fears come up. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, 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 absolutely. And, and imagine having imposter syndrome on a day-to-day and also fulfilling your at-home duties, whatever it is, whether you're single and the pressures of even women who are single and depending on their age, oh, you haven't found a man. <laughs> are you dating? Are you also dating us? Like, what are you, you know, what do you want? Like, there's just so much pressure and expectation that when you look in the mirror, you're just like, who am I? Who am I? And that's something that I've talked about it previously in, in my podcast, you know, speaking to other women, who am I really sits and resonates with so many people because you have to kind of um, decipher, well, what is my, what is my title? Or what, what am I being categorized as, right? There's always like some category for a woman. You are a this, 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 this. But what if you could just be a woman and a happy woman? Wow. Deep, right? yeah. <laughs> no, it is, you know, because I almost think it's who am I, but on another level, like who am I right now? Who mm-hmm. am I now? Because mm-hmm. sometimes I think, I think we are trying to hold on to who we were, right? Ooh, As yeah. who we are. And really, like we're always constantly evolving and life is forcing us to embrace new ways of being and um, to grow and be stretched. And so I wonder if the question has to evolve from, you know, who was I or who, you know, who did I used to be mm-hmm. to who am I now? And who do I want to be now as opposed to who I think I'm supposed to be now, right? Like, so even in the question, all this other stuff kind of comes up as far as when we say, who am I? We start thinking of who so-and-so thinks that we should be or who my parents think I should be as a first generation, you know, um, adult woman. They have certain ideas of, of who they think I should be. Who does society think I should be? Who does my boss think I should be? Who does my partner think I should be? All of that comes into question when we ask the question, who am I? And so I think it's really about owning and taking um, maybe some some agency over defining that without the the shadow of other people's influence to some extent. Right. And I think, you know, what's interesting. I, I kept honing in on what you were saying as far as like, Sometimes it's from our past and I look at it and sometimes people still categorize us by our past, you know, because sometimes we've we've experienced so many different things. So we're trying to beat who we were in the past. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm trying to move forward from it. And then there are reminders that kind of set us back. So I thought that that, that stood out for me. And I just wanted to like circle back and bring that up that sometimes we also hold, not hold on, but also fight the person that we were before. So it kind of creates more anxiety in in the present day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know that you work a lot to support women in finding their inner beauty. Um, And you mentioned, you know, um, I think you said your sister-in-law and and kind of her story echoing so many other women's as far as maybe sometimes forgetting our inner beauty, right? Because we're swayed Mm -hmm. or we're, we're pulled and pushed in different directions that force us to forget. How is it that you, you know, work with your clients to help them remember or discover or rediscover their inner beauty? 
So one of my favorite captions and my clients laugh at me because they know I always end the session with be gentle with yourself. I think that's the first thing. We have to be gentle with ourselves before we start creeping in and finding our inner beauty. So when we look at doing deep dive work, trauma-related work, um, really trying to change patterns, old negative thoughts, habits, and belief, that's the beauty that we don't see. And there's beauty actually in that and doing that work and doing the trauma work and in, in, in removing negative patterns, limiting beliefs, et cetera. And so telling my clients to be gentle with themselves is really honing in is that let's embrace where we are in the moment and mm -hmm. let's look at where you're going in the future. So I work with a lot of women who have depression or anxiety and decatastrophizing is the biggest thing that I do, which is part of, you know, CBT work. Um, decatastrophizing mm -hmm. basically is. Yeah. You know, you mentioned acceptance, right? And it's easier said than done. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> steps and we can tell somebody do the affirmations, you know, do the deep work, get the support. And then I just wonder about sometimes the clients who who say or are kind of putting this work in and mm -hmm. still feel like they're coming up short somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that I think really speaks to understanding that the, it's an ongoing process that does take time. Mm -hmm. So it's not that, you know, you're going to do this stuff once and then all of a sudden you're going to be feeling, you know, feeling a, a completely different than you did before. But it's really about this this repetition because really how do we learn anything? Well, we learn through doing things over and over and over again. And so um, an acceptance is something that we have to do over and over and over again. It's not oh, like yeah. a blank acceptance where, okay, I accept that I'm beautiful. I accept that I'm amazing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, then that just lives on for the rest of your life. No, every day you're going to be faced with an opportunity to accept yourself mm -hmm. or to reject yourself. So if we're right. talking about finding inner beauty, we have to also talk about what we've already been finding, right? Like mm -hmm. we've been finding inner, our inner critic and our inner ugliness and oh, our outer yeah. ugliness. <laughs> <laughs> that we have to kind of wade through um, in order to find, if we're using that terminology, right? It's like a, a, a quest <laughs> um, mm -hmm. to find something different than what we have been finding before. Right, right. You know, one of the work that I do, and, and you mentioned like, what about the, the client that you have that um, it is a deeper dive work? That work requires reparenting your inner child. So a lot mm. of questions are, what was your childhood like? What were some of the things that stress, stressed you out in your in your childhood? And you know how people very cliche, what could you tell your younger self? This is deeper work that I do. Let's talk to your younger self. What is your younger self feeling? Why does your younger self feel that way? And then we stop and then we move to the present. Do you see the patterns in the same kind of behaviors, the thought processes? What, what's carrying you on into adulthood? Where's that anger from? Is it from abandonment issues? Is it from not feeling good enough, not feeling as you're part of the family? Whatever it was that your inner child went through, you have to learn how to reparent it because that is what sets us off for the future, what sets us off into adulthood and how, quite frankly, we show up. I love attachment and, you know, a lot of the, the theories that um, we work from acknowledge just how our family of origin and our our upbringing affects us well into mm -hmm. adulthood. Mm -hmm. And I just got off of a call with, with other women. And one of them was saying like, you know, there's so many things that 
we hopefully can start teaching children so that they don't have to do this reparenting work when they're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, because, you know, we are, we are where we are and, and we have already had our experiences. It's completely possible, right. To do this reparenting work and address your inner child, um, with compassion and kindness, um, to answer some of the questions that your inner child has to embrace and support and love and see and understand your inner child, um, as an adult, because a lot of the times it's that one of those things has not been met, right? Like people want to be seen, heard and understood. And we Mm -hmm. dismiss children. I say we like society in general, Mm -hmm. right? And Um, culture. culture, (laughs) So easily and so quickly, but without the recognition of what that, like what that teaches and what that models for someone um, all the way into their adulthood. And so, you know, um, we learn our ways of being from those around us originally, and then we adopt those ways of being and impose those things on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so it is important to, I think, you know, get the right support. I always say, you know, it's great to be the strong friend, but how do you make that sustainable? Like, you have to also be taken care of. You will have to also have someone that you can lean on and be supported as well. And so many women, especially women of color, feel like, you know, they have to do things by themselves, that they, they're the rock, you know, in their family or whatever the case may be. And it's like, okay, if you're going to be that person, if you have to be that person, cool. But also know that you can be supported, that there are people out here that want to support you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you can make this sustainable and you don't burn out, you know, and then mm-hmm. what, what are you do when you're burnt out, you know? Yeah. I, I think that is so, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing here because I'm thinking about a situation that happened early on this week. Um, you know, my, my parents are elderly and they've been staying back and forth with me and then, you know, with at their apartment and I've been, you know, maneuvering a lot of medical appointments for my dad. And I realized that I have some of my mom's habits where Mm -hmm. you want to go, 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 and not stop. And I looked at my mom and I said, mom, you're telling me that I look stressed out, you know, with taking you guys to all the appointments, but I'm watching you here in my house. And I picked this up from you. You Mm -hmm. have not stopped. How are you taking care of you, mom? You know, it's like, we pick up also like, that's why I say culture brings a lot of things, the expectations that women are supposed to do everything. But sometimes I think, well, what about us? What about us? What about needing to feel dependent instead of so much dependent? You understand? Um, Especially if you're like go-getter, alpha female, you're always like doing what you have to do for you. Sometimes there's a little part in us that wants to be dependent and not do things. And that's when you've reached true burnout. That's when you've reached a, a capacity that there's no more that you can add to your plate. <laughs> a lot to examine. It's a lot to examine. And that's it why is. it's really important to get, you know, to get support and the right help in place. Um, because trying to do this by yourself can be challenging. You can have blind spots that you don't even recognize mm-hmm. are there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so for the clients that you, you see who, um, do really well, right, with this mm-hmm. work and, mm-hmm. and are able to find their inner beauty. Are there any common denominators with those clients? The clients that are are fed up, tired, that, and are really doing the work. 
you know, the homework, I, like I, I said, I use uh, CBTA as a lot of frameworks. So I'm always giving homework and they're coming back and they're doing the homework. And if there's weeks that they didn't do the homework just because life gets in the way, that's okay. It's okay. It's part of like the process, but they're the ones that are sick and tired. And they're like, listen, I'm here in therapy and I got to <laughs> get myself together. I'm just tired of feeling this way and I'm committed. And those who are not really committed are showing up to, to therapy one session, two sessions, skip a session, skip five sessions, skip 10 sessions, then you don't hear about them anymore. Those are people who are really not ready and haven't understood how their anxiety or their depression or these symptoms that are coming up or their childhood traumas are really impacting them. And they're, they're not understanding how to kind of change that work because as you know, trauma lives in your body. And so you're mm-hmm. used to feeling, you know, y- your brain lighting up whenever you hear sounds, smells, uh, things seem too calm that you want kind of chaos because that's what your body has been feeling for so many years. Mm, you said you want chaos. Lord, that's a whole other podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole separate podcast episode. But yes, we get conditioned to a homeostasis. Mm-hmm. And some people, a lot of people's homeostasis is chaos and confusion yes. and fr- and trauma and drama. Um, and so then your body is is trying to go back to what it knows because mm-hmm. in some odd way, that's what's comfortable. But what has to happen is to, you know, recalibrate your mind and your body um, to a new homeostasis mm-hmm. so that you can enjoy peace, so that you can accept love, so that you can find your inner beauty. And um, it's work, but it's possible. And the work's going to be done anyway. It's exhausting to be in toxic relationships. Lord, let me tell you. That's that's actually the chapter of my book is about toxic relationships and toxicity. And it's interesting because when I was writing um, that part of the chapter in the book, I I thought that I was going to go ahead and, and write all about my ex. And I had to refrain back and say, you know, the toxicity started with me and my child abuse and my child sexual abuse and trauma and what I allowed because of the toxicness and the trauma that was in my body and how I viewed men and how I I, I perceived that you had to be around men. So the toxicity starts with you sometimes. This is not really always in a relationship with your family or whatever. You got to turn in and smell that toxic perfume and see how it's reeking in your soul. Wow, 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 wow. That's a whole gem. (laughs) That's a whole other gem. (laughs) I feel like, I mean, it's like, how do we have this conversation and not make it a blame game, right? Mm -hmm. But make it a responsibility, like make it an accountability and ownership. Because when you take ownership, you have power. If yes. it's everyone else's fault in the situation and there's no there's no contributions that you made, then that means you're powerless and you're mm-hmm. a victim and there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely not where anyone wants to be. But to mm-hmm. be able to take ownership without taking all the ownership, because we can't mm-hmm. take all the responsibility because right, right. we have a portion and other people around us have a portion. But, you know, you mentioning that I think is just... That is a whole, it's own word. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go back and listen to this episode again, okay? Listen to what she said. But, yes, you know, yes. that puts you in a place of being empowered to do something about your situation so that you can recreate um, a new reality for yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. So where can everyone find you and stay connected, be able to get your book, Miss Author? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let us know. 
Yes, yes, yes. So I am on Instagram at I am B-E-A-U-T-E-O-U-S me. I am Beauteous Me um, on Instagram. And you can also go on my website, which you can see um, where you can purchase the book. The link is there and see some of my work. And that is www.iambeauteousme.com. That's I-A-M-B-E-A-U-T-E-O-U-S-Me.com. <laughs> and if you want to go on my Instagram, you know, you can find it and also click on the link and I'll be there. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your gems and just, you know, literally letting us know how we can start creating a roadmap to to finding our inner beauty and uncovering, you know, the hidden gems that are already within us. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really humbled. I love the work that you're doing. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.